This is Dune Talk, a DuneNewsNet.com production. Join us now for the latest Dune news, reactions, and lively discussions. Hey everyone, welcome back to Dune Talk. So excited to uh, to be here today, especially because this is the uh, the first of our uh, sub-series where we're going to be reviewing uh, the Dune movie in detail. And uh, just to get ahead of it, yes, there will be a lot of uh, spoilers here. So we, we recommend uh, definitely watching the movie uh, yourself if, if you haven't. Uh, otherwise, check, check out a couple of our uh, recent episodes from uh, from last week. We have, we have two great ones. Uh, so having said that, uh, yeah, looking forward to talk uh, everything about uh, Dune Part 1, uh, the movie with you. Um, here today with Garen. Hey, this is Garen. Good to see everyone again. Um, I am on Twitter at Dune Companion. I have not seen it. I'm going to see it in three and a half hours, but I am excited to hear whatever these guys want to tell me. So I'm all ears. Yes, and this is Johnny Sobchak. You know where I'm at. Um, I did see it. I saw it last night in IMAX. Um, nearly 24 hours ago was when my showing was started. And then I came right home and I was like just buzzing about it and I threw it on HBO Max and I pretty much ran through it a whole second time um, while I was doing some things and getting review uh, shaped up. So yeah, I, I'm fully like, I'm in the headspace now. I can't wait. I'm going to the theater again very shortly as soon as this is over to go. So I'm ready to uh, discuss how, how many tickets did you say you had to line up for? The next I, I have. Days? So that was the first one last night and I have three more actually like booked up right now so nice. actually no i have four more booked up right <laughs> yeah that, that, that's awesome and uh yeah I'm, I'm also doing my part so i like i confirmed uh next next week so there's gonna be a team outing at work so we're doing the private uh theater theater rental so a whole whole uh, group for for watching dune and uh, yeah looking forward to w- watching it more and more times on on hbo max until uh then as well so uh, yeah, let, let's just go ahead and jump straight into some uh, some movie news. Dune movie news. So um, before we go into the like our full uh, spoilery discussion about the movie, I just wanted to briefly touch on uh, box office, uh, like just having a, a quick um, look a, look ahead. Uh, so. Um, I'll start with, with with you, Johnny. So, like the the news came out today that uh, that Dune had a strong uh, performance in terms of the the early early previews. Uh, so, so make, making over uh, um, five five million in on a Thursday night uh, screenings. Mm-hmm. So, how how are you f- feeling right now? Do you, do you think that the the projections do you think they make sense, or could should we be secretly hoping for for even better? Um. Yeah, probably closer to the latter, if I'm being honest. Of course, by the time this is out and people are listening to it, we'll have we'll know the answer. But um, I mean, I've been saying this all along. I've been optimistic about it. And as we've gotten closer, I've become more optimistic. And this week, uh, before the movie actually came out, they did have final projections um, in the neighborhood of 30 to 35 million. Uh, and I immediately knew that that, that was underestimating largely in part due to HBO Max because it is such a wild card and because it has so heavily been affecting, you know, major films this year. Most notably, I'd say Suicide Squad really had trouble. And that was another big, big budget movie. Um, This is going to have a much easier time, it seems like. Uh, It honestly looks like it'll be closer to 
potentially 50 million than 30 million and suicide squad they even cracked 30 million so that is a good sign uh i would say 40 is it looks pretty good um whether that's right around 40 or 45 or close to even 50 it's hard to say but um the numbers last night as you mentioned thursday night previews were very very impressive um very promising and uh especially the imax numbers i think the imax numbers were like phenomenal it and it broke the record for um the indexed on a thursday night preview of straight up imax showings in north america i think it overtook what was it dunkirk uh from a few years ago christopher nolan's film so that says a lot uh, they have really been pushing that in marketing and i think those you know premium format tickets are going to be a big part of what pushes this to overperform in a lot of instances because you know people might be seeing on hbo max but the people that are going to the theater they're paying extra to watch it in imax or dolby and things like that And that's another thing that we've been talking about all along too even in the foreign markets where it's been that was mentioned as a, a big factor so um I'm, I'm happy i think it's gonna be good i think it's gonna do fine uh you know uh, i think what we're gonna be fine <laughs> is is the overall sentiment at this point yeah yeah, and and uh, you made up a good point about um, that. Yeah, some of these comparisons are like uh, comparing to films that was pre-pandemic. So the, the, mm. the fact that they're saying, you know, these these were better previews, like, uh, you know, breaking some record there, that, that that's impressive because there, there are still, as, as we were discussing, like in the previous weeks, there are still people who are hesitant, like especially in the uh, older demographic who are not going back to cinemas as, as often now. So uh, yeah, I think that, that's definitely promising. And uh, yeah. So we'll we'll be we'll be reporting on the on the final numbers uh, in in a couple of days from now, mm. um, and then before I go um, close the the news segment, I did want to touch on one one quote that that came uh, out yesterday. Uh, so we we had of course uh, there was uh, an article from from Deadline that was uh, ahead of the um, the the Warner, Warner Media quarterly results. And there was a quote there from uh, from Anne Sarnoff, uh, the Warner Media Chair and C- CEO, and she basically said um, in response to you know wh- whether there are going to be continuations to Dune, will we have a sequel to Dune? If you watch the movie and you see how it ends, I think you pretty much know the answer to that. So I mean, like, like it's uh, pretty clear in a, in a way. I mean, it, they didn't come straight out and, and say it, but <laughs> I think the the message is is there that that they are. They're behind this this property. Uh, so, Garen, let, let me first hear hear your your reaction. Like, are are you surprised by that? Are you um, uh, happy about it? Oh, I was absolutely over the moon when I read that. In fact, I tweeted out. I said, "Hey, I think we're going to get Dune Part Two. Now, Johnny probably knows more about all the intricacies of this than I do, but to me, that sounded like the legal person or the lawyer saying, "No, you can't say this," but. <laughs> <laughs> could maybe allude to that or what? So I don't know, Johnny. Come on, is it isn't that isn't that a hint that this is possible? Oh, of course it's possible, but I wouldn't say this is why it's possible necessarily. Oh. I think I, this does not make me feel any different than I felt before it was said. Is, is basically oh, okay. My feeling, <laughs> not to burst any uh, bubbles here, but <laughs> and, and I say that from a place of confidence, though it's not from a place of oh. Warner Brothers is going to screw them over. I don't trust Warner Brothers. I don't care what this woman is saying about it. Um, that's not the case. I think that she does mean that, but th- we already knew that, really. I mean, we have heard time and time again, they support the film. They, won't, they are pushing this heavily 
they support Villeneuve. Um, they've been marketing it like crazy. And as Villeneuve himself said, the box office would have to be really bad for this to not justify a part two. Um, Cause they know what the pandemic is affecting. That's why they did the HBO max deal in the first place. Um, and they know that the HBO max deal as it stands is, you know, what has been significantly affecting box office. So um, they're not dumb and they are not, you know, every day they're not oh, HBO max, like the, the box office is so bad, but we're not going to blame on HBO max. Of course they know HBO max is a factor. And I guarantee the HBO, ne- HBO max numbers are going to look good this weekend. They are going to be positive um, and Warner brothers can be happy about that. So I think this is good. I think that this coming out on Thursday, the day the movie was coming out was a nice little kind of like last little <laughs> push to the fans to be like, Hey, it's going to be okay. Um, but I, I, I already, I, I was already thinking that it'll be all right anyway. So I would say also <clears throat> nothing is confirmed until they say it's confirmed. We're doing part two. Cause she didn't say we're doing part two. She said, well, if you watch the ending, you know, you could take this away or feel this way about it. Yeah, we know that it's on a cliffhanger, um, but you have not said, hey, we don't know if here's 150, you know, $180 million, go make part two. Um, when that happens and Villeneuve himself says, they said I can do it, we're doing it. That's when I'll be popping champagne and, and posting that on Twitter. But that, that until then, I'm still just like, yeah. It's going to happen, but when they say it, that's when I'll be excited and, and really buzzing. And it's an important point because this came from the context of, you know, they're, they're bullish about other part, properties. They're basically saying, you know, like, we know that there's a pandemic. We know that we chose this, this strategy and we're not going to penalize these properties uh, because of that. Like, and they were talking about uh, uh, Dune, but also uh, the Sopranos prequel, which is potentially going to be uh, get continuations. Uh, but yeah, this is overall like a vote of confidence in like their the franchises that that they've uh, that they've chosen to invest in, and like I, I'm I'm totally aligned with you, with you, Johnny. I mean, like uh, from the beginning, especially, but what we've been hearing all the all these past months, I, I think it's it's pretty clear, like that that the intention here is to do uh, continuations. Of course, things things need to work out, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, like it just surprises me t- to no end, like how so, how afraid some people are. Like I'm I'm. <laughs> trying to trying to like say to these people shake shake some people on social media like you know do not fear like i mean this, this is happening i don't know like what why people are so afraid of, about th- these things believe me guys like you know people know how good this movie is like uh pe- people like uh, you know it's it's gonna win win some awards let, let, let's let's be fair like we, we you know I, i'm not gonna like give an exact prediction but i know that johnny you have like th- this this film is gonna get recognition and, and if you really believe that they're just going to like, you know, like drop it by the wayside, oh, like it didn't make pre-pandemic levels of blockbuster, you know, no, like Dune is is a major event and, you know, like like they, they want to continue this. Uh, and of course, like it's, it's not official, but I think like this, the sentiment is is already there. So ho- hopefully they'll announce it officially soon, sooner than later. But yeah, like hearing it like after Villeneuve's comments and also now hearing it directly from Warner Media itself, I think it's just reinforcement. Uh, go ahead, since we, we don't have as much uh, time this week, and jump uh, to uh, reactions to watching the movie. So I gave my first reactions last week. So uh, today, uh, Johnny, the floor is yours. Uh, so give me your, your first thoughts coming out of that, that theater uh, from the previous screening. Uh, yeah, well, anyone who follows me on Twitter, and probably people who don't even follow me on Twitter, saw my tweets <laughs> yesterday. 
coming out of it. Um, it was uh, just like very overwhelming is like probably the number one word I would use because not only is it overwhelming in a, a sensory experience sort of way, but also, um, you know, as someone who has read the book, as someone who's been looking forward to this for so long, is a huge fan of Villeneuve, is a huge fan of sci-fi in general and movies in general. Um, this was, a, it was really what I wanted out of this experience and, and surprised me in a number of ways, which is always good because especially when you're following a movie this closely and as long as I have been, um, I, there were genuine moments where I was like, wow, I was like, wow, I didn't know they were going to do it. I was, or that was really like smarter. I forgot that was in the book or I, there was one moment I can't remember. I'll have to go back and watch when I watch the movie again, see if I can remember. But there was one moment where I was just like giggling in my seat to myself. Like, as of course, as the score is like blaring around me, like no one can hear me laughing because it was not, it's not a funny moment, but I was just like, I like, I was just like giddy with like a moment that happened. And I was like, that that's like perfect. Like, I really like that. Um, so it, it was exactly what I wanted. Um, it is very much, you know, part one to this, not uh, of this novel uh, of a larger saga that is clearly in the works, uh, you know, as we've been discussing ad nauseum. Um, but as its own film, as its own experience, I was I was still satisfied with this as a contained narrative, and I'm I am very surprised by the amount of people who are maybe not as satisfied or are disappointed to some degree, um, just because I feel even with all the Lord of the Rings comparisons, for example, like Fellowship of the Ring. I love Lord of the Rings. It's like I consider that just one big movie, just like how I'll probably consider Dune to be one big movie after second part comes out. Um, and I think Fellowship, which is probably my favorite out of those, I think that that is less of a contained narrative than this movie. Because, you know, if we never get part two, which isn't going to happen, but if we were to never get a part two, it would still be a story. Like, it would still be something where you're like, hmm, I, I'm waiting for one particular thing to happen after this, or I need something else to happen after this. And the way this movie ends, it doesn't really require that. It, it's not like you're waiting for Frodo to go drop the ring in Mount Doom at the end. Like they're not going out to do something specific. You just know Paul and and and, and Jessica are with the Fremen now, um, and that is kind of where the film closes off. Now we don't get to see the Fremen culture. We don't get to see the inside of the seats. We don't get to see the full extent of their communities. Um, there's no water, you know, water of life. I've heard that phrase more than I can count in the last, you know, year or so. Um, and there's no water of life to be seen here. Uh, I think that'll make for a very interesting sequence in part two. Um, but, you know, in listening to Villeneuve talk about the process of deciding where they were going to end it, because that was something I was very curious about how they came to that conclusion and, you know, how they felt about it afterward. Um, and his explanation of basically how, this is closing it off very much in the instance of they are now leaving the culture that they were in the entire movie. They are now stepping into a new one. They're meeting the friend, they're meeting Chani, they're meeting Stilgar. That was, and I felt like that made a lot of sense. I felt like if you were to continue on, if you would actually go into the siege, you're actually going to go into a full on cultural kind of, you know, being absorbed into what their whole uh, lifestyle is like that really kind of, it's like, you're going to get into that for 10 or 15 minutes and then you're going to end the movie. 
I didn't think that that was, I, I feel like that does make sense in retrospect. Um, and I wasn't disappointed. Now, as I said on Twitter, if they had gone on for another 30 minutes, if they gone on for another hour or two and a half hours, I gladly would have sat there and watched it. I would have been happy to, uh, to, you know, wear a still suit and not have to leave to go to the bathroom and just sit there. But, uh, this was, uh, satisfying. I think that was really the biggest takeaway. And something that I genuinely, even as someone who's very optimistic about the movie, I was a little skeptical or nervous about how satisfying it would feel as its own part, especially with the ending. And as I mentioned, the ending I thought was great. Um, it, it, it does feel, it is very similar to fellowship in, in, a, in one regard. Um, cause you have these characters that you've been following this pair and now they are, they're just going off into the, into the distance and you're not really sure what the hell is going to happen to them. Um, but you want, you want to know, you want to follow them. Um, and that was my biggest sensation was I want to stay in this world. I want to stay with these characters and continue their story. And I think that's really important. Um, obviously I'm a Mark, I'm a fan. I like, that's no surprise that I felt that way. But um, I, I was glad to be proven, you know, right in some regards and to have any, um, you know, concerns I had kind of um, assuaged because this world is overwhelming, as I mentioned earlier, visually, sonically, uh, you're not ready. <laughs> like you could have seen a bunch of footage already, all the TV spots and featurettes and, and trailers. Um but you are, and you could have listened to the score as well, because we've had a, you know plenty of Hans Zimmer music out at this point, which has all sounded fantastic. And uh, it just, it, in, when it absorbs you like this movie does, it is, it's just a different feeling. And I can't, you know, say it enough, seeing it in the theater is different. Like I have seen it on HBO Max, um, but I'm really glad the first time I saw it was in the theater with the IMAX screen and the aspect ratio expanded. Um, Cause there are just moments. I mean, when you're in the middle of the desert at night and this dune is in front of you like a mountain and then the moons are hanging above that. And you just feel like you're like, it, it's just, it's just so overwhelming and it's just, you can't replicate that. And I also have to say for the theatrical experience, I had a packed crowd last night. Um, potentially the, the biggest crowd that I've been in, in the movies in a, a long time, since maybe before the pandemic, um, at least in my hometown. And, uh, it was just, it was so exciting to be in there. Um, and cause I had been, I had really been paying attention to that in the, you know, last couple of weeks, seeing how many people were, seemed like they were going to go, what the tickets were looking like. And, uh, in just the last couple of days, it like really filled up and it was basically full. So that was really promising. And, everyone seemed to be like wired in, like they were like totally focused. Um, and, uh, afterward people were talking about it and they you know, were talking about how good it was, how much they liked it. And so a lot of people were staying after it. It seemed like they were waiting for like an after credit scene to see if they were going to set up something else for a part two potentially. But, um, that, so I think that's a good sign. I think that's, that's a sign of, uh, you know, people do have gen, you know, genuine interest coming out of the theater and, um, are going to be, you know, wanting to see a part two, um, whether they liked it, loved it, or, you know, otherwise, I think that that is something that people are going to at least be interested in. Um, but really, I think this movie just delivered 
a lot and, and in a lot of the departments that I wanted to see it done. Um, I'm sure Marcus, you're probably gonna ask me about some specific things potentially. Um, and I would love to talk about specifics because every time I think back to a certain scene or a moment or a shot or something, I am like, Oh, I love that so much. Or that, that might've been my favorite. I think of like five or 10 other ones. And I'm like, that was my favorite. I like that one even more. Um, so yeah, there's plenty to take away out of this for sure. Uh, so before we go into some other specifics, like, uh, you know, you, you were talking a lot about the the ending and like, I just want to also, because I didn't want to spoil, spoil this, this last week. So, so let's look, if you look at the reviews, whether it's like critics reviews or some of the other reviews, like, uh, you know, the, the, there, there were like, overwhelmingly positive but when you look at the negative ones of course there, there were like several themes but like the main theme was about you know the the ending and um to me like i feel like if that's the, the main criticism of, of this movie then then that's like a, a triumph because like mm. uh, from from my perspective the, this this ending was was perfect as, as you were saying like if, even before you know because i was you know both of us were involved in the community and having all those discussions about you know where where is it going to end is it going to have water of life scene or, or not and from, from the beginning, you know, like when I had like gotten the feel for how long the movie was going to be, I said, no, I think the, you know, like ending it with, with, the, with the fight after, after James is going to be the perfect ending point because I don't want them to rush that, um, that scene where they come into the, into the CH and, you know, they're, they're experiencing the Fremen culture first, uh, for the first time. I feel that's going to be like so, so important. And I hope, you know, they, that they do spend uh, spend time on that uh, in in the next film, which, which I think that that's totally the idea because we we got to see uh, you know like excellent acting from uh, uh, from uh, Zendaya and Javier Bardem for these these key characters uh, in in the Fremen, and uh, you know I, I'm looking forward to see a lot more of them in in, in the next movie. Like they're, they're always going to have have major roles, so there, there's there's so much possibility for, from them, and and the way. It ended, you know, you had this this climactic moment where, you know, as you were uh, alluding to earlier, you know, like Paul has gone through this this journey, like, you know, going from his his culture, a place of, of privilege where he was sheltered in a safe planet. You know, he's coming to to Arrakis uh, and like in danger and his uh, his his family and house is, is decimated. And now he's transitioned into a new culture. Basically, the movie ends, you know, he's he's being accepted and then, uh, you know, the story is going to continue from there, and I, I love that that final scene that now now I can talk about, like with, with the sandworm that you basically see this like this uh, this amazing uh, breathtaking sequence, especially when you when you see it in the theater of like of the the fremen riding the sandworm, and you know it gives the first hint of like all the possibilities and like the the things that we don't even know about uh, about this culture. So yeah, I think an ending like I, I was I was happy with, with it. I mean, at the end of the day, this is this is two parts. And you have to end it someplace, and I think that uh, they made the right right choice here. Yeah, I mean, I I'm spot on. I think w with you on that, uh, especially the the thing with the worm, and really just that last. It's not even like the last, you know, because the movie ends with the Jamis fight, um, and then it continues on for like another minute or two as they're leaving, as they're carrying his body um, deeper into the desert. They say, you know, that we need to get to Siege, and uh, that the way but the way they wrap it all together like that was what impressed me the most is with regards to the ending was it comes together with um you know paul and jessica as you mentioned desert power seeing the worm seeing the fremen riding it um because it's hinted at it, all these things that come together in the last like 30 seconds in the movie 
wrap up and 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 piece together things that were present earlier in the movie or throughout the movie um so you have you know like kinds for example is getting ready to ride a worm earlier in the movie um and we you know i'm like oh my god i want to see this (laughs) and then you know she doesn't and so i i was like you could but you see she has her hooks out you see the the worm coming toward her um, and so that was like a tease and then it's coming back to it and sh- actually fully showing it here um, and showing you what the Fremen a- are actually capable capable of. Um, then there's the moment where Chani is, and Paul are talking and she's looking back at him, you know, this is only the beginning. Um, and there's the vision that Paul has been having the entire movie finally comes true and is accurate to what he had been experiencing um, and he's, you know, he smiles and he feels like it's really a dark, sinister ending, honestly, like in in full context as a Dune fan, it's it's very dark and upsetting. But in the context of literally anyone else probably watching it, they're like, oh, look at that. Like, he, you know, yeah, he's like finally smiling because <laughs> the whole movie is like very much upset about most of the stuff that's going on or dist- in distress. Um, so. That was great. And then, of course, as he is leaving and walking off after Chani, uh, Jessica is looking more grim, let's say, and less excited about what is happening because she is aware that this is like the point of no return. Paul uh, is out of con- out of her control um, and is accepting uh, his position and is, uh, you know, poised to manipulate the Fremen and poised to take over. So, um, yeah, I, I really, really liked that because yeah, it was, it was just, again, these tiny little subtle things and maybe to, you know, the regular movie goer wouldn't seem like that big a deal. They wouldn't register it as meaning exactly what it means, but I thought the, the, the part with the vision, the part with the worm, Jessica and Paul, like their facial expression, it was just like perfect. So as, as far as the ending, something I was worried about, I thought they nailed that. You know, um, for either of you, um, I think that what I'm hearing and, and what I'm seeing on Twitter and re- reactions is that for an audience, for a, an IMAX theater full of people, you've got some percentage of them. And maybe on the initial weekend, you've got a large percentage of those people who've read the book or are familiar with the story. So they're going to notice all these small nuances like you just got done talking about, Johnny. These things that are like, that make us as real fans giddy, but might be glossed over by a first comer, right? What do you guys think in, in your in your theater that, that you saw that, how many people walked out of there going, oh, the, the pieces all fit together and that was a satisfying experience. And how many people were, were either overwhelmed because we're not hearing confusion or people are completely lost. We're, we're hearing overwhelm or it was a lot to take in or so what do you guys think the non-fan the the first timer is going to experience watching this for the first time because i'm going to be going with a bunch tonight my feeling is is that like even as a fan of the book someone who has basically like lived in these these worlds for for years uh, i did feel um that you know just one time wasn't enough like you know there there are things that i picked up on that that like you know maybe other 
as you were saying, non-fans may not have picked on. Uh, but like, um, you know, as I'm re-watching the movie, like, for example, when I was starting to, to write my review, I put HBO Max on and, you know, I was like uh, going back to specific scenes, even though like I didn't fully re-watch everything yet. Um, yeah. And uh, like I was picking up on, on more details. So like, uh, like it, it, the, the point that you mentioned, uh, Johnny, about like uh, Jessica's expression, like th that didn't fully register uh, on, on me until later because I was focusing on like Paul and, and Shawnee. So it's just like, there's, there's so much going on. Uh, and as, as you're saying, like it's, it's uh, overwhelming in, in a good way because like there's, uh, you know, vi visually um, uh, audio uh, and like how, you, you, you know, it's just like everything's coming together perfectly and there's all these these details uh, to take in. So yeah, the, the, definitely whatever you are, like I would say, uh, you'll need uh, multiple viewings. For non-fans, non I would say that they, they did um, like set it up in a way that there was sufficient exposition. So even if you're, you've never heard of the story before, um, and I, I mentioned that in my review as well, I think like Dune benefits from the fact that you know, in the past uh, five years, we, we've had Star Wars, we've had Game of Thrones, which are uh, series that have been inspired by elements of Dune. So now that people are familiar with, with a lot of those elements, you know, like warring uh, great houses, like uh, science fiction uh, epics. Uh, so like, even though Dune was the original in those cases, like, you know, there are th elements that, that you'll recognize from that perspective. And I think for, for the most part, the expedition was really well done and natural. There, there were, that was actually one of the points where I was, maybe I could nitpick about like on certain parts of the expedition. Um, but I think overall, like they, they did a perfect job of like, you know, giving the non-fans an idea of like what's going on, what's important in, in this universe, what are the like the political tensions um, that are going on. Uh, Johnny, what, what do you think? Yeah, well, so I'll say this real quick. I went with my... I think I might have mentioned this on the show before, but I went with my sister-in-law and I went with my brother and she has read the book. She's not seen the Lynch film or the, the miniseries. Um, I've of course read the book. I'm very familiar with, I haven't seen the Lynch film. But I'm very familiar with it. And also my brother who has not seen anything <laughs> uh, and has not read anything. So complete newbie. And he came out and he, he, he was very, he likes movies. Um, you know, he got me into movies as a kid, but he is not to the level like that. I am obviously like I went and studied film in, in college and whatnot. Um, and you know, he has a little bit more general audience style taste, I would say. Um, and he came out and he, we talked in the parking lot and he was just, he seemed so like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like kind of almost like bewildered in a way, like in a good way, in a way that he was like, I really love that, but I don't even know like how to process exactly everything I just saw. And then this morning um, he texts me and he says, I read a lot of Dune history last night. <laughs> and then, um, so we talked a little bit about that and he's finding out more about the Bene Gesserit and he's finding out things about, uh, you know, Duncan Idaho. And then he texts me just a few minutes ago, as we're getting you know, ready to do the show, and he says, I've told a few people at work they need to, they need to go see Dune. <laughs> so he, I think that's the thing with this. Like with Star Wars or Game of Thrones, there's certain things you can point to, at least early on in those series or those shows, where I really love this or I really like this or like what this is doing. With Dune and with Villeneuve as an artist, like a filmmaker, I feel like it's a little less precise to point out like what exactly is it that i am 
am getting from this exactly. Cause it's not, it's not like your traditional blockbuster. Like there are blockbuster elements of course, but it's, and, and part of that is being a part one because it's not set up like with a traditional arc and, 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 you know, story structure. So I think when people come out of it and they have that ending, they're going to be like, I really like that. But like, I have questions about this and I want to see more of this and I, this character. So I think that's good though. I think that's, I think having a reaction that's different from the norm is a good thing. Um, and from what I've seen and heard, enough people who don't know anything about Dune like this movie and really like it and are telling other people they like it. And I think that is a good sign. Um, I'm, I'm honestly very impressed and, and not shocked necessarily because I anticipated that it would be accessible because I anticipated that it would be a success. And I don't think you can have an inaccessible success with something like Dune. Um, but I'm, I'm really happy and impressed with as you mentioned, the exposition and, and most of that really working well, not coming off, uh, you know, too overwhelming um, and, and not being too heavy handed, not explaining every little thing, uh, doing just enough, you know, with the references to Game of Thrones that you mentioned, Star Wars. People have a, a sense of a world like this enough at this point that they can kind of the literacy is, is on a higher level than it, it had been potentially at 10, 15 years ago. Um, and so I, I really do think, again, I heard people coming out, they really liked it. They were talking about the characters. They were talking about stuff that they had seen and, and images and, and the sound and whatnot. So I think that's a good thing. And I, I, that's part of the reason, honestly, I'm looking forward to going and seeing it more in theaters because at home, yeah, I can watch it at home. It's great. Still a great movie, but going in there, sitting in there with people, listening to them talk about it before the movie, after the movie, that adds a little bit. To, to me as a fan, just because, you know, we're never going to have this moment again. Like this is the beginning. Like this is Dune part one. Um, millions and millions of people are going to be exposed to, to Dune for the first time. And that's awesome. And, and that's, uh, it's just a very interesting time because it is kind of like an experiment in a way. Um, and, and if the reaction is a good one enough, that's where part two comes into play. And I think that is the great thing too, because as you mentioned, all the little details and things that you pick up on, and Garen was asking about that. I think this movie is going to benefit so much from rewatching, and I think in the year, in the interim years between this movie coming out this weekend and whenever Part Two comes out, people are going to rewatch this movie. They're going to rent it. They're going to watch it on HBO Max. They're going to buy it, and they're going to notice new things and they're going to understand things a little bit more easily. They're going to like the movie more, and they're going to get even more excited about Part Two. And then whenever part two comes out, I think that movie is going to be so good. <laughs> and I genuinely, it's going to be such an improvement over this movie, which seems impossible, but I think it's going to be more accessible. I think it's going to be more, of course, there's going to be more action. Um, and it's going to be easier when I say accessible, because you've seen two and a half hours of this world already. You know, a lot of the characters, you know, a lot of the elements, the machines and the vehicles and the planets and things like that. So I think this is only going to grow finer with time. Um, and I, again, I wanted to see it as soon as I got out of the movie and I wanted to just stay in there and watch more of it. And I think that's a good sign. And I, I think my, you know, my brother is just one example of someone who felt similarly to me and has no connection to the franchise. 
And uh, the last topic that I want to hear from, from you, Johnny, before we, uh, we we close for today, like one of the important elements, like because this episode, we're, we're looking at the movie overall, like overall reactions and overall themes uh, was, of course, the, the dreams, like even from the, the opening sentence in, in the in the movie, you have the alien uh, sounding voice that uh, that dreams are messages from the deep. And indeed, the dreams were like an important element throughout the, the whole movie. How did you feel like how everything came together about how they used it, how they edited uh, the sequences? Yes. Okay. So I think this, the, the reason Joe Walker, the editor, is going to win the Oscar for this movie, <laughs> which I think he is, is largely in part to the dreams and the visions and the way they interconnect with the main narrative um, and how they relay information and how that information, again, comes back around. Um, because it's very impressive. And I mean, everything from what, Garen, you've seen this in, in the, the clip that we saw with Duncan, he cuts to, you know, I see someone falling in battle and, uh, you know, your death and I, you know, I want to protect you. There's a beetle crawling on the ground and there's the star card where um, all, all these things just come back around and they have extra meaning. And I think that, again, when I say it's going to benefit from rewatches, I think the visions are a big part of that because watching it the first time, you're like, well, what, what does that mean? What, what does that line mean? What does this image mean? Who is that? Now that you've seen it, when you go back and watch it again, you'd be like, oh, oh that's, that's what that was. That's why that happened. That's who that person was. Um, and there's one scene in particular I thought was just so brilliant and really like shocked me because we had seen the harvester scene in July and a lot of people coming out of that, especially Dune fans who are familiar with the book and maybe had read some leaks and, and things to that degree. They were expecting during this har harvester scene to, for Paul to have visions, to have vivid actual visions. And we know he gets hit with the spice and he's disoriented. He's falling. He's looking around. And you're like, what the hell is going on? And there's like kind of like some sonic things going on. And uh, I know this is I know this is a spoiler. I'm not even going to say it because I guarantee really should just see this for the first time. But what they do with that and something that, again, comes back around later and the way it connects, I thought was just so good and was such a surprise because I felt the same way when I saw it in July during the Harvester sequence. I was like, I'm, I'm really surprised they didn't do that with this moment. I really thought that's what was going to happen. And, and, and it, it works. It all really works. And I thought um, the prescient aspect of it, I thought was very well portrayed and depicted in a way that, you know, it, it was it was like kind of to my expectation, but also it went above and beyond in some in some elements. Again, talking about that sequence, talking about the ending, the, the shot of Chani, the close up. Um, I really, really like that stuff. And I'm I'm looking forward to more of that, hopefully in, in part two and and Dune Messiah because that they clearly have a method that they want to 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 exploit with that um and I think that's going to be very cool Vis visually you know as a sensory thing but also as a storytelling tool and as an element that is not really something we've seen you know in other blockbusters even even blockbusters fantasy movies or shows things with visions that it doesn't really work in the same way that this one does it's much more kind of like abstract and then it, the way it comes back together um, was just very impressive. Uh, Marcus, I'd like to hear just a little bit about what you thought about that too. Yeah, because of course in, in the book you have like the, the inner thoughts, you, you get inside 
people's heads. And of course, we've seen that that doesn't translate necessarily to like the the, yeah. the screen, uh, like it can even be awkward. And I thought that the visions, the way that, as you mentioned, that it carried the narrative was was perfect because you did get to see like the sense of what's Paul seeing in the future. And especially I talked about this last episode with with the tenth scene where where Paul like mm. really like you know, explodes into all those like uh, future visions. And then you see his his emotional reaction to, to that uh, back in to, to the tent. Mm -hmm. I felt that that was, you know, like, as, as you mentioned, like the, the editing in, the, in this movie was was excellent, how they just like timed those, those uh, visions at the appropriate time. And like, really like how you saw at the end, like everything was was interconnected. Like, you know, like some some things were showing like a different path that didn't, didn't happen. But uh, at, at the end, like, you know, like it, it all makes sense. And I think just for the visions alone, you would have to rewatch this, this movie several times to, yes. to understand, uh, uh, yeah, everything that does happen. You know, Villeneuve is so brilliant. <laughs> I mean, Joe Walker got nominated for Arrival and that movie utilizes very, you know, I said that it's hard to think of a comparison, but it has similar elements with the dreams and the language in that movie. Um, and I, this is something that I pointed out even in the last couple of years was I'm just thinking about that element of arrival. How could they use that for the visions and the prescient elements of, uh, of Dune? And I, I, they just really, they knocked it out of the park. Him and, him and Villeneuve are a great couple, you know, they, their collaboration, I think adds just so much. I mean, Villeneuve said it himself, you know, if he, if he weren't, uh, you know, a director, he'd be an editor. He could edit the movie himself, but what he and Joe Walker do together, what they both bring to the table and their the ideas, they bounce off each other. You can, you can sense it in the actual final cut of the movie. Yeah. I feel we can already <laughs> talk about this for several more hours, right. but I know like we need to get ready to see the, see the movie again. The last quick thing I do want to, want to mention is, is that uh, Johnny, you had mentioned about the beetle. Like there is a reason why there's a beetle there. Like we'll maybe go there until later uh, later episode, but like yeah. it's it's symb symbolic. It so, is. Uh, it's certainly symbolic. Yeah, and I don't know if you've seen certain you know people on Twitter online yeah. talking about the symbolism of that. Um, but yeah, that that certainly comes around. I love he Villeneuve says he loves nature and nature is like his god, and and he it's so. It's so clear in the movies he makes, especially in this one, probably more than any other one. Um, the beetle. The, no, there are other there are other creatures in the movie as well. The sandworm <laughs> is the most obvious one. Um, but it's just there's a living ecosystem and, and ecology to everything. I think that was just great. Um, Garen, I know you have not said very much, obviously, because you haven't seen the movie yet. Um, but before the tap out, do you want to ask any last things or make any last comments before? Because you're going to see the movie here pretty shortly. So Yeah, no, I, I love what you said, Johnny, about, you know, Denis' genius and his ability to understand this story at such a level that he can interlace all of these elements and then have it all tied together at the end, which I thought he did extremely well in Arrival, for mm. instance. Because you start out with Arrival and you're a little bit disoriented. Like, wait, yes. wait, what's what's the what timeline am I on and all that kind of thing. But what I'm excited about is is the idea of a of a master storyteller having all of these elements at his disposal that Frank Herbert wrote, you know, 50 years ago. Mm. And then just to to put this on the screen in just this overwhelming experience. I mean, I couldn't be more giddy. The same way you were laughing in the middle of the movie. That's how I feel inside right now because I've longed for someone to take this source material and make it into a deep, exciting, overwhelming, satisfying experience. 
And I feel like you guys are telling me that's what it is. So um, I guess, am I hearing you right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I have to see it. I really have to sit down and watch it again, start to finish. I'm about to go see an IMAX for a second time. So that'll be like the real final concrete feeling I think about it. Because I've seen all the people I've seen who said they've seen it more and more times. They love it more and more. And I think with any great movie, the more times you see it, you really need to see any movie twice to get a full feel for it. But and the more you see it, the greater it becomes and the more you realize what it's doing. Someone, a, a prominent film critic yesterday before, you know, earlier in the morning before the movie came out said, you know, I've seen it four times now, he said, <laughs> these, these critics. And uh, he said, I, I'm very confident calling it like a classic or a masterpiece, like at this point. And I, I can certainly see that um, now having you know, just with the, the less experience than he is at this juncture. Um, but really, last thing I would say as a tip or like advice for going into the movie, just it, overwhelming, no doubt. So just let it wash over you like the the sands of time and and all that. Uh, it's going to be good. You'll have fun. If it, it is truly one of the best in theater experiences you'll ever have. I, I can say that definitively, if nothing else. So um, it'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. So yeah, we're going to go ahead and sign off. So uh, Johnny, you first. Absolutely. Johnny Sobchak. Check me out on Twitter. Feel free to follow me on Instagram. Keep up to date with me. Um, this is a very fun time. I'm loving this. <laughs> I hope you all are too. No matter you know how much you, you don't like the movie, you have your qualms with it. I'd love to, to hear about that and discuss it. Um, if you love it, that's great too. So um, just enjoy it. It's a, it's a fun time to be a Dune fan, a movie fan. Villeneuve fan, um, and hopefully onward and, and upward. Garen? Hey, and this is Garen uh, on Twitter at Dune Companion. And I, I'm just, I couldn't be more excited. And actually having you guys spoilerize it for me actually is making me more excited. So, <laughs> so this all worked out. And this was uh, Marcus Gabriel, so as mentioned at the top of the episode. So this is just the first part of our uh, sub-series covering the review of the movie. So we're going to go into a lot more detail in the, in the coming uh, episodes, potentially having like uh, two episodes in the, in the coming week. Uh, and then we're going to break it down into, into different sections and really get into like all those uh, details, things you may have may have missed and, and break it down all for you. Uh, so you can find uh, my writing at donewsnet.com and you can find me on Twitter at donewsnet. Talk to you next week. We hope you've enjoyed Dune Talk. Remember to like, subscribe, and turn on notifications so you know when the next episode drops. Stay tuned to donewsnet.com and add us to your social feeds. Be the first to hear breaking news and reviews.